Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello and welcome again to another episode of Leading from Alignment with Leader, Coach, and uh, Mentor John Opoluski. How are you, John? Jim, I'm doing great. It's so good to be with you again today. It's, I tell you, this is the one I've been looking forward to because I think if there's anything that leads to uh, an unhealthy home, an unhealthy pulpit, an unhealthy – that, that keeps people from leading in strength and in health for long-term stuff, it's this topic today. And that's, that's being a people pleaser. And I, I, I hope <laughs> as, a, as a, a person who struggles with this on a regular basis, I don't want to make people mad. I don't want to disappoint people. Right. But I realize that not everybody realizes they're killing me when they're asking me for things or demanding uh, certain responses or, or even access. So would you just start this today by telling us what, what, do, you, what do you mean by uh, people pleaser and, and maybe just help us frame um, this thought of, of people pleasing? Why is this? An, I mean, making people happy, loving people. Yeah, those are two different things. Right. Loving people and making people happy are two completely different things. Absolutely. So tell us about being a people pleaser and, so, and the dangers. So let me give you a couple of quotes. One is from Chuck Swindoll. Uh, and he said this, nothing good ever comes from a ministry devoted to pleasing people. <laughs> and I thought that was really a good statement. Yeah. And then the book of, book of Proverbs puts it this way, the fear of man is a snare. Yeah. And, and Jim, when I really think about my first 15 years of pastoral ministry, so much of it was tinged with this subconscious desire for people to like me. I didn't even know it was there. Yeah. I, I was craving approval without even realizing it realizing it let me give it let me give you an example yeah um so after a teaching session if nobody came up and said you know john that was awesome or yeah that was a good job i felt the smothering sense of failure yeah um i would replay the talk over and over again in right. my mind find the weakest moments where you That's said right. the worst thing well yeah. how come i said that yeah. or why, why didn't i why didn't i do that better and i literally would lose sleep yeah over something yeah. Now I look at it and think, well, that was pretty silly. It was very, very unhealthy. Um, hmm. And I, and as I look in the rearview mirror at those first 15 years, I, I would say this. I was a serial people pleaser. <laughs> I, I, I was insecure. I, I was finding my identity and what people thought of my work. Very hungry for the approval of those I led. And, and, and Jim, in doing that, I, I gave people way too much power. There you go. Over my happiness. That's that's something that you should probably write a book on right there. I gave people way too much power over my happiness, which came from a sense of identity that they could give so they could take away. Right. You know, they came over a sense of success that they could give so they could take away. It's it's such a slippery thing to stand on. It is. It's a slippery slope. It's a that's a yeah. great that's a great thought yeah. that you know, you never get your feet set. No. In that kind of in that kind of environment where that's really um where that's really an, an issue. That the, the the challenge is is that pastoral ministry is is really sets you up for this in a way because yeah. it's very people centric, right? right. Uh, right. And and you have to be likable, right, right. But but likability. Here's how I think of likability. It's it's more than me just being a nice guy. It's the ability for me to produce good emotions. Yeah. In the people around me. Yeah. I think that's likability. But there's a huge difference between that and being a doormat. Right. Huge difference. And, and so if you and I don't carry a, hef, a healthy sense of self into our respective callings, 
uh, danger is right around yeah. the corner. And you're saying right around the corner, you know, back to Proverbs, you say it's a snare, which means you don't see it until you step in it. Right. And then it has you. Something has sprung, and and now it's too late. Now you're in the trap of something. And I, I really find that sometimes I don't know how how I'm doing at this until I realize I've been destroyed by something or someone or you know, I think every pastor knows that feeling of standing at the back door after Sunday service, good pastor, a good good message, right. good, good, you know, everything. And then one guy goes, you know, I disagree with you, and I think you're an idiot. You go home with the one guy's <laughs> comment, and you forget the other 99 people that said, yeah. good job. It's just as human nature if you're really struggling. But Jesus seems to have no issues <laughs> with, with being a people pleaser. Right. That whole, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood incident, it should be evidence, if nothing else, that right. he just said what he was supposed to say. And there were consequences relationally often for honesty. And, and Jim, don't you think that gives us hope? Yeah. In a sense that if Jesus showed us the way and he lives inside of us yeah. by the Holy Spirit, then we've got a shot at actually yeah. <laughs> getting control over this thing yeah. in our life. Yeah. Well, I, think, I think, as they say in addictions programs that I've been in, the first step is admitting you have a problem. Right. So in order for me to admit I have a problem, it has to be diagnosed. So how would I know? How would our listeners know? That I, you know, I really, it isn't that I like people, I want them to like me. That's normal. I have a problem with being a people pleaser. What are the symptoms? So let's let's look at a few surefire signs. Here's the first sign, the seeming inability to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, no is not a curse word. <laughs> but, here's, but here's the problem, Jim. No isn't always the right answer. Sure. Yeah, there's a balance. You know, lazy yeah. people say no all the time. <laughs> right. And, and the freedom to say no isn't a license for being a boat anchor. Uh, it's, yeah. not a, it's not permission to bury your God-given gifts. But learning when and what to say no to, guilt-free, by the way, yeah, uh, is, I think, absolutely critical to your longevity in ministry. And not just your longevity, the, your level of enjoyment yeah. your of sanity. the ministry. Right? Yeah. We want pastors yeah. to lead better, lead longer, but we yeah. also want them to enjoy it more yeah. along the way. Uh, so I, I see that, uh, the inability to say no, uh, as a real sign that you might be a people pleaser. I heard somebody say something that once you say yes to one thing, you begin the war of a thousand no's. Right. I don't remember who said it first, but I, I've said it many times. I've heard you say that. that once, right. once you say yes, you're committed to something. You know, this podcast, let's get together on a regular basis and do something we believe is going to be helpful to the kingdom and leaders, and, and let's let's do this. So you say you say yes to that. Well, now it's shocking how many things want to be scheduled the exact same time you got it. that we're doing this. You have to fight the war of a thousand no's. So choosing your true. yeses carefully so you can stand by them, I think, is equally as important as choosing your nose. Yeah, and I think I think you can use your sense of mission as a filter there, Jim. Yeah. So our mission is to help leaders lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Yeah. So if I filter requests for my time through that, right. that helps me to say yes or no, and I'm not just yeah. doing it on a whim. I'm, I'm running it through this objective filter right. of our mission. You're not going to end up on a teller committee at district council when you should be in the foyer way talking to people that need a coach. Absolutely. Yeah. You got Because you, you said no and you said yes. Right. Right. So there, there's a good symptom. If I have a difficult time saying no because I don't want to disappoint anybody, yeah. you, know, you, you might be a people pleaser. Let's turn this into a Jeff Foxworthy. Okay, give us another one, right. another symptom of being a, a people pleaser. Here's sign two. You need attaboys or girls uh, to feel good about life. Yeah. And so living for the attaboy, the, the pat on the back, 
from people you lead is an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> yes. And I, and I think, it, Jim, I think it is a recipe. It's part of the recipe of anxiety, of, of burnout, and yeah. depression. And you, here's what we end up doing. We end up working, and we've said this a bunch of times, but I'm going to keep saying it. We're going to keep saying it until yeah. it really resonates. We end up working for our identity instead of working from it. Right. And we just get wrapped up in the dangerous. applause of people or the lack of it. Yeah, dangerous. Right? Sometimes yeah. we don't get any applause uh, from people, and we allow our sense of identity to form around that. And, um, and again, it positions us for all kinds of problems yeah. uh, moving forward. Yeah. So I think that would be a – I would think – that would be another sign that if, if I get done with a talk or I get done with a meeting and I'm waiting for somebody to just tap me on the back and say, oh, man, that was so awesome. And if they don't do that and I'm disappointed or I yeah. feel bad about what went on, yeah, I might, but, I might be a people pleaser. Have you found that the people that are leaving one church for whatever reason show up in your church and look at you like you're the Messiah? Like I've been, I've been praying for, about for a two good weeks. church. And that's what I was going to say. And then there's a short season of you're awesome. And right. then there's a long season of you're the devil. You're just like my last guy, or the last, all pastors, all churches, and then they leave again. Like you, if you get on that crazy train right. with that person that's that's really dealing probably with father issues, you know other other issues. They now come in and oh, you're my savior. And the next minute you're the devil. That's probably because they're dealing with something. So don't go up and down with everybody that's going up and down around you. That's very right. dangerous, especially people who flatter you. I, yeah, I was just yeah. reading in Proverbs this morning about people who flatter you are spreading the net for your feet. Yeah, another trap, right? You don't see coming. Absolutely. Yeah. Boy, a lot of similarities. So that's a good one. So what, what about what about another one here? Uh, let me give you the third one. And, and, that, and Jim, again, this might be one that uh, we've t- touched on in yeah. the past, but I think we've got to come back to it. Yeah. You're, you, you're conflict avoiding. Yeah. <laughs> No, Maybe we should change it. Your conflict postponing. Okay. There, there will be conflict. <laughs> well, that's a that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> that's even better. I, I mean, if you love conflict, I'm not sure you're healthy. Yeah. But if you avoid conflict at all costs, I'm not sure you're healthy either. Yeah. Um, here's one thing I do know for sure, and I think you would agree with this. And if you don't, you can disagree with me. And that's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, you it, don't you, care what I think. Is that what you're saying? No, you're I not care. a people pleaser. I care, but. <laughs> Not enough to not say this. <laughs> so if you refuse to have difficult conversations with people, you're stunting your leadership capacity. Absolutely are. Yeah. And, and leaders who intend on leading for the long haul need steel in their spine. Um, and that, I think, yeah. includes periodically dealing directly, honestly, and lovingly with difficult people and having yeah. tough conversations. Yeah. Um, and if you avoid conflict at all costs or postpone conflict right. at all costs. So I like to postpone better than avoid, actually. Um, it's a very good chance that you are addicted yeah. to people-pleasing. You know, if you are not leading in your organization, then generally the person who is leading is the person who speaks the loudest, mm-hmm. the most aggressively, or has the most followers. Right. I cannot think of three less healthy criteria to lead, that I'm the loudest person in the room, I'm the angriest person in the room, or outside this room, I've had multiple meetings to get everybody on my side. Mm. I mean, we're warned about that kind of behavior in Scripture. So right. I, I think creating a culture where there is confrontation on a regular basis in a healthy way, so it's not just that 
you know, if, if I call you to a meeting in my office, oh my gosh, you know, people get called to your, your office to talk, you get fired. I, right. There's not that. There's just a, let's critique each other. Let's, let's talk about Sunday's message. I, you know, giving and receiving open dialogue of, of correction as part of a culture that one staff member can actually correct another staff member without the pastor even being involved in it. Yeah. It can be healthy. So Absolutely. I, I, one of the things I look at for the health of a congregation when I go and do consulting is I, I watch the interaction of the children with the adults. Can the mm-hmm. adults here treat every child as, as if they're theirs? If so, there's a great level of intimacy. Right. If every child is untouchable because the last time somebody corrected a child, they got yelled at, or the children have to stand right next to the legs. If they don't, they're going to be in trouble. I mean, there's, those are unhealthy things. Which yeah. People linger after service. Are, are their children kind of shared communally, you know? So that, that conflict avoiding or conflict delaying, I, mm-hmm. could you tell us, like, what happens to a conflict that you don't confront? Uh, I just, I think it gets worse. I think it grows. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've had guys tell me, I'm just, I'm praying yeah. that it will go away. <laughs> yeah. And I said, you should do that. Yeah. But chances are God wants to use this thing to teach you something. Yeah. And to, and to help you grow. Conflict can be a real growth point for a church, but also for a leader. And and so avoidance, postponing, almost always yeah. creates more problems yeah. down the road than if you ha- if you just sucked it up and yeah. dealt with it in the in the moment. How many times have you heard a leader say, you know, I, I learned not to postpone it because of, of the pain of postponing. Oh, yeah. And I confront now only because I realize that there's one thing worse than, than uh, confronting somebody. It's not confronting somebody. Yeah, I've heard that a lot, actually. Yeah. And these are from guys that are a little bit older. Yeah. Who, bump, you know, <laughs> who skin their noses a little bit yeah. in, in this area. Let their first uh, staff member get away with everything. And now the poor guy that follows them 10 years <laughs> later, it, it isn't that you're being an ogre. It's that you realize the way for him to succeed is to have clear boundaries and right. clear communication and clear, you know, we talked about clear vision, clear goals. Yes, so, absolutely. Great. Anything else you want to add to this people-pleasing thoughts, John? Uh, just, you know, just a challenge, really. You know, yeah. Jim, 2020 is now upon us, and uh, I want to challenge our, our listeners to wave goodbye to people-pleasing this year. Yeah, for great good. challenge. And, uh, and let me give you one more thought from Chuck Swindoll. Yeah. Uh, he says this, my responsibility is to deliver what God's people need not what they want. <laughs> May God deliver, he goes on, and I love this, may God deliver every honest pastor, every truth-seeking church leader, and every Christian from the bondage of pleasing people. Wow. So I, that's a powerful thought to well, And that's a powerful man, right? Mm-hmm. Chuck Swindoll knows how to build the kingdom of God. Right. So this is not some angry, you know, get-rich-quick you know, I mean, this is this is a seasoned father in the faith right. saying, if you want to be healthy and you want to grow, if you this is how you do it. Yeah. So that's that's a great prayer. So that concludes number twenty-two for us. Uh, number twenty-three. Here we go. I, this one's going to be a challenge. But yeah. as as a church or ministry or business grows, the key leaders in that actually have to do less to produce more, which yes. means. If you used to mow the grass, clean the toilets, lead worship, be the children's teacher and the public and the drive the bus and the eventually there comes a day where you can't do anything except a thing or two and it's hard to let go of because you mowed the grass because you enjoyed it. That's right. You know, so you want to give us a teaser on that? What what to expect in the next episode? Yeah, so the title is, Am I Only Doing What Only I Can Do? (laughs) Um, And we're going to consider that challenge of simplifying as a leader in in an increasingly complex world. And as your organization or your church grows, this becomes 
absolutely critical to your longevity. You will not find a successful ministry with a senior pastor that does everything. Yep. You want to find a successful youth ministry that has a youth pastor that does everything. You got it. I don't think we're supposed to be doing everything. We're supposed to be delegating and entrusting. So we look forward to that one. And as always, guys, if you are looking to continue a conversation, convergecoach.com is waiting for you. It's uh, This is not a sales pitch. When you communicate with us, have a conversation, ask a question, it just benefits the kingdom. We do have consulting services and all sorts of other things available. But if we can help you in any way, shape, or form, please connect. And we would love to get back with you as soon as possible. Possible. In the meantime, uh, lead from alignment. To, what are those three things to, to lead longer? To lead better. Better. Lead longer and enjoy it more. Kind of said it better. Thanks, John. <laughs>